Last night I was watching on the Spanish channel, it was called Las Maninitas, in which they were showing uh, different mariachi singers singing to Our Lady of Guadalupe, really beautiful. And they were showing the pilgrims, and some of these pilgrims were staying out in tents. And so one of the commentators was going around to pilgrims, and so she went to one of the pilgrims, and she, you know, she was just asking her in Spanish, you know, um, where are you coming from, and how long did you travel? This pilgrim was walking for three days to come to Our Lady Guadalupe, walking, walking for three days, and she was camped out in a tent, and she said she wanted, you know, wanted to make the pilgrimage in honor of Our Lady Guadalupe because of all the graces that Our Lady of Guadalupe still gives her in her life. And so you see that devotion is still there today. Uh, you, you really see it with the Mexican people where you see them walking on their knees, you see them singing and dancing, and, and there's festive celebration to Our Lady of Guadalupe. And kind of a little bit of that spirit has caught in the United States. A little bit of the spirit of Mexico is caught in the United States where you see a lot more celebrations to Our Lady of Guadalupe, and which we celebrate her feast day here in the United States. The very first miracle of Our Lady Guadalupe, so from my homily on Friday, if you didn't get to hear that, you know, you can always go back and hear that homily about the apparitions, about the apparitions of Our Lady appearing to Juan Diego, and then she revealed herself on his telma, the image on his telma, and then, and then the image was put, they built a little chapel on Tepeyac Hill, and there they displayed the image, and there Juan Diego was the messenger of Our Lady. He was telling the people the story. Well, as the Native Americans were hearing, coming by the thousands, there, there was one point in which they shot an arrow up in the air, and the arrow hit someone in the neck. And it was Native American, he was dying because he had the arrow in his neck. And they quickly took the man, and they took him up to the image, they pulled the arrow out, and they put the image on, and he was healed instantly by the image. Instantaneous healing. And so it, it just confirmed Juan Diego's story of what he was saying about the Blessed Mother. So the image is significant, it was significant back then, significant even today. So you had two different, completely different cultures that Our Lady of Guadalupe was trying to speak to. So first was the Spanish culture. So you have to realize at this time, the Spanish had taken over the Aztec Empire. There was no Aztec king on the throne. You know, the royalty was dispersed. There was no sacrifices. So the Native American people thought because there's no sacrifices that their civilization is going to end. The reason why they were doing sacrifices was, was to keep their civilization going, that their gods demanded blood sacrifices, demanded the heart of victims in order to keep 
the gods, you know, in order to appease the gods. That life is in the blood, so they had to give blood to the gods in order for the gods to keep on existing and giving them life. And the gods were connected with not only their sustenance of life, but their whole civilization, their calendar, their ritual system. So it was everything in their life. And they did not have that. The Native Americans were enslaved. They were treated very badly by the Spaniards. The missionary priests were trying to convert them to Christianity. They, they, many of the missionary priests had, had good sentiments, but did not understand the Native American culture. And so if you're enslaved and your women are being raped and, and, the, and the Spaniards were stealing the gold and just, it, it, was, it was a horrible situation. It was horrible. And so there was very few converts. And it was Bishop Sumoraga that was actually interceding for the Native Americans. He, he actually wrote a letter to the King of Spain talking about how the Native Americans were being treated by the Spaniards and asking him to do something. Well, he was the one that our Lady Guadalupe asked to do something, to build a temple, which was significant. Notice the word wasn't church, it was temple, because temple was a place of sacrifice. So first of all, that Our Lady Guadalupe came to the Spaniards. And she came with this image, and so they would recognize this as a Christian image. Coming from the book of Revelation, if you look at the image here, that we have from what we just read in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, you have a woman who's clothed with the sun, so the sun is around her, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. You see the stars on her dress. And so she's wailing aloud. She's pregnant with a child. Now, the Spaniards would have recognized her as pregnant because they, they would have known that a pregnant woman has that black brooch that's there with a cincture around her waist. So they would have recognized her as pregnant. And then you have the angel beneath, that's why I removed the flowers there, the poinsettias. You have the angel beneath, they would have recognized that from the book of Revelation as the archangel Saint Michael, like that, who's, who's holding up Our Lady for all to see. So they would have recognized it as a Christian image. They would have seen the cross on her neck, and this was the same cross that the Spanish missionaries would have worn. So they would have recognized that this is a Christian image of Our Lady. But now the Native Americans saw something completely different. Now the Native Americans were not Christian. They wouldn't have known the book of Revelation. They wouldn't have seen that in the image of Our Lady Guadalupe. They would have seen it different. So now the first thing that you have to understand about the image, that the image was not just an image to the Native American people, to the Aztecs. That the way that they wrote is they wrote in pictographic language. So they wrote in pictures, in images. They did not have letters for their words. So when they would write something, they would, they would in a way draw it. 
They would draw images. They would draw shapes, colors. So images, shapes, colors, the way it's positioned would all have significance, would all be a pictographic writing. And so the way the Native Americans saw this is not just as an image, but this is a pictographic writing, a story that's telling them about the story of their entire civilization, of their entire existence from before, present, past, present, and future. So they would see it as what we call a codex, a codex, a writing. And the way that the Native Americans would have, the way that they would have seen the codex, we have the image straight up here. They would have actually laid it flat. So I believe when Juan Diego was speaking and Native Americans came to study the experts, the scholars, they would have laid the image of Guadalupe flat on the ground and studied it from all different angles. Now, we think that one image just represents one thing, but an image can speak a thousand words. And that's why I could be here for the next 10 hours explaining the image to you. Because each one of these pictographic signs, shapes, represents not just one thing, but represents many, many different layers of meaning and worth and value to the Native Americans. So I'm going to step out here. I'm going to step out from the podium. I'm going to explain a little bit about the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Maybe Brother Mark can show the image on the camera. So the first thing that you will see about the image is you'll see the sun, that Our Lady blocks out the sun, and she blocks out the moon. So the first thing is, is the sun was a god to the Aztecs, to the Native Americans. It was the sun god. The sun god was the highest god to the Native Americans. And Our Lady is blocking out the sun god. She's showing that she is greater than their sun god. I won't give you the Nahuatl name. It's too complex to pronounce. And then we have here the moon god, here, Quetzalcoatl. And she crushes Quetzalcoatl with her moccasin, with her foot. So she's blocking out the sun god, and she's crushing the moon god for the Native Americans. Now, the Native Americans, the sun god and the moon god would be the ones that they would offer blood sacrifices to. They would offer their victims. They would offer their victims' hearts. Why would they offer blood, worship, sacrifice to both the sun god and the moon god? It was because the sun gave them the corn, the maize. Without corn, they wouldn't survive. Their crops wouldn't survive. Their civilization wouldn't survive without the sun. If the sun did not shine, their civilization was dead. And so they had to keep offering blood sacrifices to their sun god and to their moon god, or else their civilization would die. And so Mary is showing, yes, that their civilization has died, their old civilization, because she blocks out the sun god and she blocks out the moon god here. So then they would, they would have seen that. 
And that would have been significant to their calendar because their calendar was also based on, the, on their sun god. So she would have ended, say, their old calendar system. So their calendar was very complex. It was a solar calendar, a lunar calendar, a ritual calendar, and a calendar based on the star Venus. So imagine that. Imagine trying to calculate all those different astronomical um, you know, phenomena and trying to keep your calendar in harmony. And many times the Aztec calendar was not in harmony. But our lady comes to bring about harmony to them. So the first thing is, is she's blocking out the gods, okay? And then they would say, well, why should we listen to her? It's because of this right here. What the, what the Spanish would have seen was an angel, but the Native Americans would have seen something else. The feathers here of what looks like the angel are green, white, and red. And they're symbolic of eagle feathers. The eagle was the messenger of the divine. The eagle was the messenger of truth. And Juan Diego's name in no, in, in his Native American language, meant the talking eagle. So when Juan Diego was talking to them, they recognized that he himself was the talking eagle. And he himself was holding up Our Lady to them to show that what he was speaking was the truth. So then they would have recognized that Our Lady's hands are in prayer, are in the posture of prayer. So that means if she's in the posture of prayer and her head is down, her eyes are down with humility, that means that she is not a goddess because they did have goddesses in the Aztec religion. She is not a goddess, but she is praying to a god. Which god is she praying to? On the little brooch here, there's a cross. So she's praying to the Christian god the Aztecs would have recognized as Jesus. But even more that they would have recognized that this right here, the sun represents the heavens. And then inside her dress, the rose-colored dress with all the flowers would represent the earth. And so here's a woman, she's coming from the heavens, but she's also wearing the robes of an Aztec princess, an Aztec queen. So she's coming from the heavens as an Aztec princess, as an Aztec queen. And then they would have recognized this right here, this little brooch, which would have been connected to a belt when the Native American women were pregnant, that they would wear this belt around their waist with a brooch that showed that they were pregnant. As their belly would get bigger during the pregnancy, then the cincture would rise. Where Mary's cincture is, you can't even see it. The brooch is right here. It's so high up, which would have meant that she's in her ninth month a pregnancy, which would have meant that she is pregnant, bringing the new Aztec king, the new king to them. But she is coming from heaven. So she is not only bringing a king, but she is bringing a God to them, a God who is coming to the earth because this represents the earth with the flowers. So then you see the flowers on her dress. And the first flower I'd like to point out is the most important flower, which is right over her womb. It's a flower that's in a cross. It's called the Nawi Olin. And the Nawi Olin was the most significant flower 
to the Native Americans. It represented the four directions of the earth, north, south, east, and west. It also represented the, the universe. It represented the center of the universe. It represented all that was good and philosophy and song and truth. It was the most significant flower that basically revealed all that is good, all that is truth, all that is beautiful, represented song, music, and that flower is right over her womb. And so they would have recognized that the child in her womb is the center of the universe, the center of truth, the center of civilization, the center of all that is. So they would have recognized that the child in her womb is the Christian God who is coming to bring them a new civilization, a new civilization of truth, of goodness, of love. But also this flower represented the fifth sun. So as their sun god is being blocked out, Jesus is also the new sun, the new sun god who's coming to their civilization. But he's not a sun, S-U-N. He's the S-O-N, sun in English. He's the son of God that's now coming to bring them a new son. And so because he's coming to bring a new son, he is restoring their calendar. He's restoring their solar calendar here. He's, he's going to restore their calendar just by this flower being there. There's other flowers on her dress. There's an eight-petal flower that represents the, uh, the planet Venus. Remember I said one of their calendars was based on Venus? So by having Venus there, along with the Nawi Olin, it symbolizes harmony, that there's now harmony within their calendar, within their civilization. There's other flowers here that represent hill and water. So where did Our Lady appear? She appeared on Tepeyac Hill. A hill was significant because the people always spoke with the divine on a hill. And so the people always, the, the Native American people always built their temples on top of a hill because it was the, their connection with the divine. So that's why Our Lady appeared on a hill because she was connecting them with the divine, but not so much herself, but the child and her womb, Jesus Christ and her womb, the Christian God. She was connecting them with the Christian God. Also significant with these flowers is water, which represents baptism for us, but water represents life. If you don't have water, you don't have life. So the Native Americans, thinking that their life was ending, Our Lady was showing that she was giving them the new water of life. Also, the, this flower, another significance, that if you turn the image upside down, remember the Native Americans would have read the image lying flat, not like this. So if you turn it upside down, that the flower looks like a heart. And so she was showing them that you no longer need to offer the heart of your victims to these gods. Now there, there's a new heart that's coming. It's the heart of God, Jesus, who is your sacrifice, who's the one that offers sacrifice for you. The other, uh, other things that are significant symbols of this image is Our Lady's hair, if you notice that it's parted and it comes down here, comes down loosely. Only virgins would wear their hair loosely. The women would always have their hair tied in braids. 
So if a woman was married, she tied her hair in braids. If a woman wore her hair loosely, that means she was a virgin. So here we have a virgin mother who's an Aztec princess who comes from the heavens, but she is not a goddess, but she comes to bring the God of the Christians and her womb. The other thing is about her features. It's dark, what, what the Spanish call that she's uh, more, morenita, that she's dark skin. It's significant that she is a dark skin. She's neither Spanish nor Native American, but she's both what's called mestiza. So at that time, when Our Lady Guadalupe appeared in 1531, that there was many rapes of, of these Native American women were being raped by the Spaniards. And the children that were conceived, the, the, the children were rejected. The children were orphans. Their mothers didn't want them because they were of a mixed race. Their fathers didn't want them because they were Spanish. And so you had these hundreds of these orphan children that were in the streets, that were living like dogs, that were begging. No one wanted them because they were a mixed race, because they were both half Spanish, half Native American. And so when Our Lady Guadalupe came, she came bearing the features of these orphan children, that her feature is half Spanish, half Native American. And the Spanish and the Native Americans would have, would have seen that. And she's basically saying to them, you despise these children that were conceived by rape. Are you going to despise me who looks like one of these children, who looks like one of these poor children on the streets? And so they would have accepted these children. And they would have accepted our lady, and they would have accepted a new race, which is called mestiza, where we get the word Mexican, which means mixed, which means that she's a mixed feature, that she's bringing together two civilizations, both the European, the Spanish, and the Native American. And from this time, she's saying it's okay to intermarry. It's okay to develop a new civilization based on respect and love for one another. That's all I'm going to explain about the image. There's, there's more. There's more. As I said, it, it could be here 10 hours explaining the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And it's significant that through the image, 10 million, over 10 million Native Americans were converted in about a span of 10 to 15 years. The, at that time in Europe, was this Protestant Reformation in which about 10 million Catholics were lost to the Catholic Church and became Protestants. And so Our Lady is the star of the new evangelization. She has a way of, of bringing new civilizations back into the church, back into the fold of God's flock again. That's so significant that so many were converted in such a short time by the image of Our Lady Guadalupe. And she's still converting people. 
She still shows the child in her womb, the significance of the little child, the baby, not to abandon the baby in her womb, because she not only comes bringing herself, she comes bringing Jesus Christ in her womb. And so when we sing to our Lady Guadalupe, we're not just singing to her, we're singing to the child in her womb. We're singing to a pregnant woman. We're singing about the life that is there in her womb. And she comes with compassion. She comes with mercy. She comes with great love. And that's why we should respect every child that's born, no matter how they're born, and also show healing and mercy for those maybe who are post-abortive, and those who have lost the child in their womb, and we should not judge them. We should show them mercy, give them, bring them to Jesus, who's our sacrifice, who offers his own life as a sacrifice for our sins. Because we, our image is contained in Our Lady's eyes, which they've noticed that in Our Lady's eyes, the image that, that the image of Juan Diego, Bishop Sumoraga, the other Native Americans, the officials of the bishop are in her eyes. There's about 13 people that are in her eyes. That's impossible. So Our Lady, she has eyes for us, eyes for each and every one of us. If we feel that I'm worthless, what's my life? You know, you know, I've been born this way. I've been growing up this way. Nothing's going for me. Our Lady is there. She has you in her eyes. Don't ever forget that. She's reaching out to you. Maybe if, if you're in darkness and depression, like the Native Americans were, but she's there for you. Bring in the light. Bring in these Advent candles of light. Pregnant, nine months and two weeks, ready to give birth to the child Jesus, ready to bring us her son. Don't give up. Don't give up. Do not give up. Do not give up with pro-life. Do not give up with love. Do not give up with mercy. That is what Our Lady Guadalupe wants to bring us to our civilization today. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. 
That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.